Hi, this is Craig. Thanks for tuning in today. Every time we get together, if you recall, that we'll be sharing messages, God's messages, on living the Christian life, the challenges that we come against, the opportunities to grow, items to overcome, and what do we do when we don't know what to do? We go to God's Word, and every message is a message within it for us. And that's no different today. Actually, today's message is titled Christmas Message 2021. And if you're expecting that typical Christmas message, unfortunately, you're not going to be hearing it. The Lord has given me a message to share with you that hopefully will be an eye-opener to everyone, including the unbeliever. And if that is you today, an unbeliever, a seeker, Please, please, don't don't turn the channel here. Continue listening. Hear what God has to say. You just might be surprised. I'm going to be sharing just a few key points here, and we're going to find out where everybody stands in regard to the celebration of Christmas, all right? I want to start, let's, let's do something easy to start here. How about gift giving? If you participate in Christmas in any way, you most likely are giving gifts to special people in your life. Now, some may reciprocate with you, but yeah, maybe some don't. It just all depends, right? But most of us were taught in some form or another, whether we went to church or not, that it's better to give than to receive. We've all heard that. I remember that phrase as a youth from just unfortunately the few times I went to church. We, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, so we only went a couple, two or three times a year. But I'm sure that you have heard that phrase many times also. And I want to take a few moments here and just see what history says about gift giving and how it relates to Christmas. See, during the first two centuries of Christianity, there was a strong opposition to recognizing birthdays of the martyrs and even, for that matter, of Jesus Christ himself. There were numerous church fathers of the day that offered sarcastic comments about the pagan custom of celebrating birthdays. And why would they do that? Jealousy, perhaps. I, you know, I, I don't know really, but I'm thinking maybe they saw how excited people got when they received a gift and, and just the satisfaction of the giver giving the gift that maybe these guys were just jealous and they didn't know what else to do about it. But the actual observance of the day of Jesus' birth, this was such a long time coming as so many wanted to celebrate his birthday to honor him, just like we do today, honoring one another's birthdays. Those are just special events. But actually, the, the precise origin of assigning December 25th as the birthday of Jesus is really quite unclear. The New Testament doesn't even provide any particular clues in regard to a specific date. So why that date? Well, toward the end of the 18th century, the practice of giving gifts to family members had become well established. Now, theologically, the feast day reminded Christians of God's gift of Jesus to mankind, even as the coming of the wise men, or, or magi, as they were coming to Bethlehem, it suggested that Christmas was somehow related to giving gifts. This directly relates to the fact that the Magi brought gifts to the manger where Christ was born. 
just like we bring a gift to friends and family when we stop by to see their new baby. Right? We all do it. It's the joyful celebration of a new creation, a new baby in someone's life. We usually bring a cloth of clothing or a simple toy or, or some other item to really bless the family. We all do it. Believers, unbelievers, seekers, whomever you are, we've all done that. Well, that's the same principle here. Only the Magi brought special gifts that symbolize areas of Christ's life to be. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, gold, we all know this, basically the symbolic nature of, uh, of gold. It, it's a royal nature. And that would particularly apply, obviously, Jesus Christ was born a king, a royal priesthood, a king. Frankincense... This is a spicy form of incense. It was used in religious rites. This has been a, considered a symbol of Christ's holiness. Now, myrrh, that was something a little different. I had to kind of look it up, to be honest. And it said that it was a pungent taste and aroma. But it's all about experiencing life. But then the next section of the explanation said it was used to embalm the dead. So, this particular gift is about death also, life and death. And it's been said that this spice represents the power of Jesus. He had the power to turn death back into life. He had power over the womb and power over the tomb. The gift of mirth showed he had the power to change the world. And we know what he did. See, Christmas is known to all men the world over, and historically, it's the memorable day of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Though it is true that Christmas is celebrated as a day of advent of Christ into this world, yet it also symbolizes a very deeply significant truth of the spiritual life. He is the very personification of divinity. He was born at a time when ignorance and superstition, greed, hatred, hypocrisy prevailed upon the land, and the rulers were arrogant and unrighteous. And the people, they were indolent and heedless. They didn't know what was going on. They really didn't care as long as they were taking care of themselves. Purity was totally forgotten with these people. And morality, it was neglected completely. They were all intent upon worshiping wealth and material things more than adoring God. There was no idealism at all. Stop and think a moment, though. Does this not sound a lot like what America has become? My goodness, every one of those things, every one of those things we, that we just shared, that's what America has become. We are no better than those who lived in biblical times. We still fight those same sins today. And in the midst of all these wild settings, Christ was born. He worked a transformation in the lives of people. He gave a new and a spiritual turn to the lives of man. There came a change upon the land. People started upon a new way of life. A new era dawned for the world. And those conditions of darkness and impurity and materialism that prevailed before the coming of Christ, they signify 
the inner state of the seeker's personality. And in that period, the seeker has no thought of God or any higher spiritual life. He's immersed in the pursuit of all the material things that this external physical world has to offer. He is a slave of his own senses. He has no spiritual ideal in life at all. He's desire-ridden. He is full of arrogance and avarice and sensuality, characterizes his personality. He lives a life of lust, anger, greed, and deluded attachment to things, pride, jealousy, and everything else that we've talked about. The seeker is a slave of his own senses. Let's look at another aspect of life that the unbeliever does uh, that really recognizes Christ's existence. A simple sequence we all go through, sometimes multiple times in a day. What is it that you write when you put a date on a document or a letter or a check? For those that might still write checks once in a while, you put the month and day and the year. Of course, the year is representative A.D., after death. After death of whom? Jesus Christ. So every time you write the date, you are acknowledging the timeline from Jesus' death. So you have to admit you are believing about Christ's birth. Now, in this state of things, they must cease. And the seeker must enter into a new life of spiritual aspiration, they call it. Purity, devotion. Then the Christ spirit must take its birth within his heart. That is the real Christmas, when the divine element begins to express itself in the heart of man. And from then onward, light begins to shine where darkness was before. Ignorance gives way to the beginning of wisdom. Impurity is replaced by purity. Hatred ceases and love begins to blossom forth. In his innermost core, man is essentially divine. But upon this field of human personality, two forces keep acting against him. Not acting against him. Keep acting within him. That's a better phrase. They're forces of good and evil, of light and of darkness. And the divine and the undivine both operate in the human consciousness of man. To completely overcome and let's say, uh, eradicate the undivine elements and to fully manifest the supreme divine element in all its radiant light and glory, this can only be achieved through the living of the Christ life in the utmost faithful detail. This is spiritual life. And Jesus Christ was not born in a grand palace. He was not born to very wealthy or learned parents. Also, he was not born in the full blaze of the sunlight and the day with the knowledge of all men to know he was there. Jesus Christ was born in a simple, lowly place, a corner of a stable. He was born to humble and poor parents who had nothing to boast about except their own spotless character and holiness. Also, he was born in the darkness in an obscure hour of the night when no one even knew about it except those few divinely blessed people. Empty thyself, and I shall fill thee. That's the divine denomination of the Lord. 
The kingdom of heaven within is for the lowly in spirit. Thus, true humility and self-effacement are the beautiful harbingers, the dawn lights. And as it were, the herald, the break of the joyous new day, the advent of a new life of spirit in you. And when they appear within you, then the holy Christmas takes place. There is new birth within. This is the birth in the divine life. It was the secret of this birth that centuries ago, the Lord Jesus sweetly explained to good Nicodemus. The good man did not quite understand what precisely Christ meant when he taught that man must be born again if he is to attain the kingdom of God. How can this be, Nicodemus says. Then it was that Christ explains that his birth is inward, not of the body, but in the spirit. Such inner spiritual birth is essential if the supreme is to be attained. If true bliss is to be experienced, rejoicing takes place only when Christmas has come. John 3, 3. Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Be born again and live anew. Oh, the world of today. May the bliss and the radiance of Lord's advent permeate the earth. But seekers, mark this. When divinity is the manifest, welcome with open arms. Do not be so engrossed in the world and deny place to the Lord. At his blessed advent, the land was so engrossed in counting men and reckoning of money that the inns in the house of Bethlehem were so crowded out there was hardly any place left for the Lord. The census and the taxation signify the soul's bondage to and preoccupation in earthly human relationships and all of its attachments. Turning away inwardly from all pursuit of earthly wealth and overcoming all attachment, thou ever fully receptive to the expression of the design spirit within. Beloved seekers, usher in now the real and spiritual Christmas within your being. Become desireless. Conquer egoism. Become embodiments of true humility. Develop meekness and lowliness of spirit by humble surrender unto the Lord. Be courageous to overcome all obstacles. Rejoice. Welcome the descent of the light of grace from within. Rejoice in the advent of the divine. Celebrate the Christmas that ultimately leads you on the glorious climax of transfiguration, resurrection, and ascension. Be crowned with divine glory. Don't miss it. Okay, I'm going to quickly close now. That is really overwhelming. The Lord just... Man, it is overwhelming of what Christmas really is. And to have Christmas in your soul, that's what it is all about. Believers and unbelievers, they celebrate Christmas very differently. While both groups might celebrate Christmas with lots of food and laughter and gifts and a wonderful time with family and friends, only one group celebrates Christmas for the very reason it exists, Jesus Christ. As such, believers and unbelievers in the Lord Jesus celebrate Christmas very differently. One has a meaningful celebration, the other is 
just a fun or a good time. Sadly, though, both these groups, they look happy and satisfied. And many believers don't try to reach out to the unbelieving. I want to encourage you, fellow believers. I urge you, Christmas is not just a time for food and laughter and all those church events. It's a time for us to make an unbeliever's Christmas meaningful. How, you might ask? Well, many churches around the world keep saying Jesus is the reason for the season without really sharing his love to people. We who are saved know that he came to show us the Father's love and to pay the price for our sins and redeem us. But the unbelieving, the seekers, they don't know that. They don't know God's love yet. Neither do they feel it or experience it. They don't know what it's like. But if they did, they would have believed. But how would they know if we don't tell them, if we don't show them? Romans 10.14 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How And how can they hear without someone preaching it to them? That's our calling. And to be an effective witness to the unbelievers, it must include more than just being a good example. Oh yes, it's important to walk the talk, of course, but eventually we have to explain the content of the gospel, the what's and the how's. The thing is, many unbelievers remain unbelieving because believers don't reach out to them. We're all too busy with our personal activities. We're busy preparing for Christmas dinner. We're busy putting the decorations up, buying the tree, decorating the tree, busy exchanging gifts at church and attending all of those church activities. We are so busy with many things, we don't give time to doing what Christ wants us to do more than anything else. Matthew 18, 19-20 Jesus says to us, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Dear ones, I encourage you, who's ever listening there, the believers, let's make their and our Christmas especially meaningful to all this year. And if you're an unbeliever and a seeker that's listening, know that God loves you. Know that the Christmas that is all about him can be in your soul too. It is there for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace each day. Amen. And Merry Christmas to all.